0: The following podcast is a She Did It and sydneynanberg.com production.
1: Welcome back to the She Did It podcast. My name is Sydney Nanberg and I am the creator and founder of She Did It and sydneynanberg.com, your self-care and mindset resource. If you are listening to this, thank you because you are committed to investing in your own personal growth and development and I appreciate you being a contributor to this community. My intention is to consistently share valuable information and lessons to help you live a fulfilling life. I want you to come here looking for inspiration and leave with the tools you need to take on whatever it is you are going after. Achieving fulfillment starts with taking the first step, and you're doing it. Hey guys, so today we are talking about tips to fall in love with yourself, get over a heartbreak, and attract healthier relationships. I'm here with the expert. He is a self-love and relationship coach, a.k.a. The Heart Guy. There are so many self-love and relationship coaches out there, but many of them are actually women, and I'm really excited to get insight from a man's perspective. And you might have seen him all over Instagram with his incredible content, giving lots of tips and tricks. His name is Kevin Crenshaw, and today he is going to be getting into the details of self-love and providing some incredible value that we can apply to our lives. So welcome, Kevin. Kevin, I'm so glad to have you here, and I'm really, really excited about this episode.
0: Yes, thank you. I'm really <laughs> excited, too.
1: Awesome. So for those who don't know you, would you go ahead and give us a quick intro and tell us who Kevin is in your own words?
0: Yeah. So I am a love coach. I help people with self-love and find you know, the right partner and make it work, whether you're single and looking to call in the right person or you're in a relationship and you just want to swing the tide of things. Um, it really does come back all to your heart as corny as it sounds. Um, but there's a lot of science behind that. And so I help people, you know, if you're stuck in a pattern where you you can't seem to break it or it's like, okay, I know I need to leave this relationship because this guy's not right for me, but you keep doing it and you keep staying, you keep going back or you keep attracting the same guy with a different face, whatever the symptom is, or you're extremely needy (laughs) and you know it and you're like, I can't stop it. What the heck? Um, a lot of that is dealing with psychology and, um, the psycholo- field of psychology would have you use psychology to change your psychology, which has worked in the past, but, um, for some reason, times are changing and it's not as effective anymore. And so the new way that I'm pioneering is really of embodying it, which is why having experiences is always a better way to learn than reading. Um, and mm-hmm. so you're using your senses, you're getting into your heart, you're cutting to the heart of things and you're passing bypassing your psychology to where you're able to make the decisions and align with your truth that you know is right for you so instead of having to ask permission to do the right thing or not knowing how to do the right thing and like you know what to do you just don't know how to do it because there's this weird addiction thing going on it's like actually aligning to that
1: right so the work that's the
0: work of healing versus advice and i'm kind of do both but mainly healing
1: that's amazing And when did you get into this entire world of self-care and relationship coaching? What led to that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I grew up extremely shy. I was the nerd kid that didn't talk to anybody in school. Um, Severely heavily medicated, ADD, ADHD, sleep apnea, allergies, asthma, breathing treatments, inhalers, you name it, I was doing it. And um, just kind of grew up with not a lot of confidence and uh, always down on myself, always beating myself up. And that's kind of how I grew up. And then um, my ex-fiance cheated on me and dumped me and I held a loaded pistol in my mouth and almost took my life and then the two relationships after her cheated on me and I was like okay something's off here um, and that's when my obsession okay. with love and relationships really started because they weren't like the cheating type you know like they it was the first time that each one of them had cheated on somebody so I'm like cool I'm the one constant here what am I doing that's causing that and that's right. really where I started to look at it different and then I was able to shift some patterns in my own love life and I was able to help a friend save his marriage and then I was like, oh shit, I'm good at this. <laughs> and <laughs> then I'm like, all right. And long story short, here we are and this is what I do as a profession and I specialize in.
1: Isn't it interesting how one thing leads to the like something totally unexpected, like something that you think is so mm-hmm. horrible leads to something that's so wonderful mm-hmm. and so helpful for other people?
0: Yeah. It's Crazy. insane. So
1: one thing I And one thing I think that we often forget is, uh, is that loving someone else when it comes to relationships requires us to actually love ourselves. And I know it's said so often, but the reality is that a lot of people look for someone else to bring them happiness, which which is an external factor, right? So Mm -hmm. when things go south, it can be detrimental to that relationship, which is why loving ourselves, in my opinion, is so important. And I've noticed that like in my own relationship of five years now, uh, um, that when I'm really hard on myself and there have been moments of self sabotage in the past, it affects that relationship. It affects my relationship. So, you know, we're super mm-hmm. supportive of each other, but I learned that in order to make our relationship even stronger, I had to find that peace within me. So, I want to talk about falling in love with ourselves. So, what is mm-hmm. your take on falling in love with yourself before you can love someone else? And what is the first step someone should take to begin to love themselves?
0: hmm. I know this one all too well because I didn't just not have self-love, but I like hated myself as a person. Yeah. So I was on a completely opposite end of the spectrum. And it took, uh, because of that, a lot of time and um, a lot more extreme ways of doing things to actually get myself to love myself. And that's the interesting part about even the question that you asked. It's just like, cool, what can I do to love mm-hmm. myself when right. love is a way of being? It's not an achievement. And oh, we grew up in a, we grew up in a society that, and well, just in general, we grew up and we started walking and our parents were like, oh my God, yay, amazing. And then we got attention and you're, or, you know, you were crying as an infant and then you actually got hurt or, or something and you like cried. And out of that, you had like this heightened, um, you know, outburst. And then your parents were like, Oh my God, they paid you attention. So whether your parents paid attention to you when you were hurt or all the time, no matter what, or only when you achieved and did something good that taught mm-hmm. us w- about love because we were born into this world, a completely unconditionally loving being. And we learned conditions about ourselves and love and relationships based on our experiences. So we got positively rewarded. Most of us from achieving And that created this monster in us that just wanted to go out there and achieve more. So we put it into business and we put it into, you know, knowing all the stuff and like school and we put it into your fitness and we we do all these things to achieve or art, right? That was mine. Mm -hmm. And try to get attention and love. And then here we are, we're 30 or 40 years old and we're just like, man, my love life isn't going the way I want it to. What the heck? And we're scratching our Mm -hmm. head because we're trying Mm -hmm. to... achieve love we're trying to win somebody over and that's the hollywood yeah. portrayal of love is that you know two people literally bump into each other one person doesn't want to be in the relationship the other person is like oh my god you're my soulmate and the entire movie is the person convincing the other person that they're right for each other and then the other person is like oh my god okay you want me over happily ever after that's a hollywood script it makes for good entertainment
1: like even from the like from the time even from like the old disney movies like all of those movies that's all it is it's all like love and fairy tales and and things like that but that's not reality and it's always yeah, someone's
0: and so I, it, right but what that creates is that love should be hard or love should be something to be achieved so then it's getting this a uh, a society that's wanting trying to achieve and do love when love is a way of being so in a relationship it's again it's not something that you do in in that regard Is something you allow and you explore and you expand. And so when you're in the moment with all that stuff, especially with another person, when you're being asked to be, Mm -hmm. you're like, what do I do? (laughs) And the question of what do I do is is you just, you just are, we fall in love with people because of who they are, not what they do. Right. So that's
1: interesting. I like the way that you're putting it in good perspective.
0: Yeah. And so that's again, kind of like just, you know, we were just misguided. You're not in the wrong for loving yourself. But the question was, you know, how do you love yourself? And right. to me, one of the highest forms of love that everybody wants, but it's hard to swallow is tough love. And um, yeah. this is from experience. And, you know, most of my Instagram posts are essentially tough love because that's, you're, you know, I'm, I'm showing people different blind spots. And the biggest way of that tough love was bestowed on me was... To myself when Mm -hmm. every time Mm -hmm. that I've made a major change in my life, I like a psychopath, call it crazy, call it stupid, call it, Oh, that's a weird, that's weird. Why would anybody do that? Well, Hey, it worked for me and I'm free of my old shit. I Mm -hmm. out loud verbally had a conversation with myself in the mirror and I, I did three things in that. So this is how do you love yourself? Step one. Great. Here you go lock out 30 minutes of time you know it's not about understanding more about self-love it's not about reading a, a, a magazine or reading a freaking book or listening to even a freaking podcast I know we're on a podcast right now but after this podcast I want you to yeah. do this exercise if you really truly want self-love or if you're just kind of interested in it and it, that'd be cool then you know you can go about your life but if you actually want to change I want you to do this 30 minutes you turn off all the distractions hopefully you're alone because you don't want like the, the voice of somebody like in your head like oh they're judging me because you're gonna be talking out loud so home alone mm-hmm. in the mirror phone is off zero distractions for 30 minutes not knows there's no music on there's no nothing and you're gonna do three things you want to write this down number one you're gonna chew yourself out for all the bullshit that you're that you're you don't deserve that you're like just letting happen Mm -hmm. And you don't want to do this from like a judgmental place. You want to do this from a ownership. Like, hey, look, I love myself too much. This has to stop. I got to leave this person or I got to set this boundary or I got to stand up for myself or I got to start that thing that I said I was going to start. And it will feel a little dark, but that and, and using your voice, your breath and your body when you're speaking this, you're not just like, okay, like you need to do this. You know, you need to change your life. You know, that's not when somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to change their Mm -hmm. life when they're like, I'm sick and tired of this shit. Like, I'm actually going to go out there and do it. That's somebody who's going to change their life. So it's using Mm -hmm. your voice, using your breath, using your body to its fullest. And going all out. And it will feel, like I said, a little dark, but you don't want to fall into the old pattern of beating yourself up. The, The point of this is not to beat yourself up. It's to actually... Give yourself the tough love that you're asking for for everybody else. But you're the only one that knows your situation. So, in doing that, then number two, you're going to say, I'm proud of you for. And you're going to start saying, I'm so proud of you for. I'm proud of you for. I'm proud of you for showing up for yourself. I'm proud of you for actually taking the time and doing this and not just philosophizing about it all the time, but actually like taking action. I'm proud of you for when you. Left that marriage that you knew wasn't right for you. I'm proud of you for whatever, whatever, whatever. And you just want to go on a rant and don't think. It's just truth coming out of your mouth. And then that's the third step. The truth is, the truth is, the truth is, I do respect myself. The truth is, I am worthy of it. The truth is, this is going to be the moment that's going to change my life. The truth is, the truth is, the truth is. And you do this for 30 minutes. And if you cry, cry. Allow it to happen. We're human beings. That means emotions. And we're all trying to run from our emotions, but just get the positive ones. Mm-hmm. And that's so the true. Only way to, the only way to heal anything is to feel it. And the only way through it is to it. You have to get into your emotions. And in that process, and we, we, we're scared of the, the going to the past. Or, it, you know, hey, it's in the past. Like, it's, it's not affecting me anymore. Like, anything that, that's causing you to cry... The reason why people are needy and the reason why people are so obsessed about other people or the reason that we are essentially sweeping things under the rug and trying to put a happy face on all the time when we're not always truly authentically happy is because we're ignoring ourselves and we're ignoring our spirit and our heart that is asking to be held and seen. And sometimes that means crying, but we're judging ourselves because we're expert doers. Mm -hmm. And the highest form of I guess neglect of integrity is neglecting yourself the highest form of actualized integrity is listening to your heart and your spirit what do you need in this moment right now and what feels right for you not what is acceptable right that exercise I,
1: think-
0: I, I have seen change people's lives and I, it has changed my life multiple times
1: how often so, should someone do it? I think that's amazing. You know, I think it's different. You don't usually <laughs> hear people talking about that, but at the end of the day, you have to be real with yourself, but like in a yeah. non-judgmental way, but in a way where I think everything you're saying is, it's, it could be, I can see it being very effective. And I think it's really important that we feel our emotions, but also acknowledge all of the things that we're, we're proud of. And so that we can yeah. start seeing that and make that breakthrough. But how, so How many times would you tell someone to do that? I know that's that first step, like that's that initial time, but is this something that you did like multiple times until you started to really like see a change? Or is it just that one time that you feel like is that first step to that breakthrough?
0: I did it once and I went all out.
1: Okay. So yeah,
0: if you're in your head while you're doing it and you're not in your feelings while you're doing it, then
1: do it again. Okay, <laughs> but I, yeah,
0: once you, you have oh. to feel the difference and think about something in your past where you thought like there wasn't a, uh, you know, like you, you achieved something amazing. You broke you through an old pattern. You stopped an addiction. You did. You changed your life and lost a bunch of weight. You want to tap into that same energy. Okay. I
1: think that's great advice. And tell me what you think about this, because you know, a lot of people think that taking time for themselves like this or like yeah. acts of self-care or self-love, they think it's selfish. And I actually personally used to think that until I realized that I can't be the best version of me until I invest in me, you know? Mm-hmm. So what's your take on that? Is self-care and self-love selfish? And what what do you think about that when people say that?
0: Yeah, and I you're you hit the nail on the head. It's definitely not selfish at all. It's the most self- actually the selfless thing you can do because the point that you're even asking that question tells me that you have a big heart and you want to help people so we all want this you know when when people want confidence right well confidence is essentially pride but we're scared to be egotistical because that's who hurt us or what's projected as like narcissism right and you just all about yourself i don't want to be that so we go the other end of the spectrum and go cool then i'm not and we just focus on everybody else well even the fact that you're asking like I don't want to be selfish like that tells me you have a good heart because you care about other people now how you Actually help other people is by leading by example number one because You can't necessarily change other people at all But you can be there for them in, in ways and you can hold space more when you are fuller and have more energy and more peace of mind so you're not ever go- you should never have the fear of being egotistical or of being so self-absorbed because that's never going to be you because you don't have it in you
1: right and i feel like people i i it, it's just this it's this, this thought that they they can't move away from i guess and so i feel like that's a really good way of thinking about it too and i feel mm-hmm. like if people just put it in perspective and take that step back and actually realize that, okay, wait, if I can put myself first, then I can be better for other people around me and it's not selfish. So I think that you have, that was great input. And I kind of also, I want to talk about, so we've talked about, you know, the steps to loving yourself because that's really important in a relationship. But I also want to talk about um, relationships and, you know, we're living in a time now where everyone is so afraid to be vulnerable and so fearful mm-hmm. of Of facing their emotions like you talked about before like with that first step to loving yourself they're afraid of putting themselves out there and risking heartbreak and if you want a healthy relationship then vulnerability is really important and being vulnerable you know, mm-hmm. does put you in the position of risking rejection. And it also puts so many people in this place where they have blinders on. So I want to yeah. talk about red flags, healthy relationship patterns and heartbreak a little bit, because once we love, love ourselves and we're ready for a relationship, we have to also be ready to face reality. So the, I, I want to break this down to make it easy for everyone listening. I want to ask you two questions. So one is for the people who are single still, and the other is for people that are in a relationship and maybe are in a toxic relationship. So when it comes to red flags, so how can someone who is single and in the dating world spot red flags? Like what are the the easiest Mm -hmm. like signs? Mm
0: -hmm. So we're blinded to what we're blinded to. And if you're always seeing the good in people and neglecting the quote unquote bad, no amount of advice is going to help. So how you actually see the red flags is through the self-love stuff that I talked about earlier because you're going to see all the red flags that are in you because nobody likes to admit it, but we all have shit that we can work on. And when we hold ourselves with such high respect and love, we'll see other people's behaviors not judging them because we can still love somebody and just know it's not a good fit. That's also an option, by the way. And, um, we'll be able to just respect ourselves so highly as to honor our boundaries or honor the fact that they, Hey, there's red flag there. That means that he's not right for me. So there's that self-love component, but there's also getting clear on what you want. I can't tell you how many times I talk with people and I'm like, so what do you want right now? Like you're calling me, like you're on this phone call. You're telling me the story. What do you want? And they're like, uh, I don't know. Because we're so caught up in drama. (laughs) And so if you don't know, then you're not going to get it.
1: True. That's a good point.
0: You know, so getting clear on what you want and not like, yeah, I want a guy who's super loyal and nice and has a six pack and like, okay, great. I can show you about a few hundred thousand guys that'll match that. Like specifics. How does it feel to be around this person? Talk about the relationship itself and not just the other person even right and like how does it feel to be around them what is the relationship like like super crystal clear detail and this is a lot of the work that i do with my clients we get they get super clear i've had clients spend weeks just getting extremely clear on what they want and then guess what it happens literally one of my one of my really good friends did this exercise three days later he met her on a cruise ship and they're now married
1: That's crazy. So do you think like, a okay, two things, like a law of attraction type of thing. And then is it also Mm -hmm. like when you're super clear on what you want, you avoid those red flags because you're not going after that. Is that what it is? Yes. I guess
0: because the red flag, just a red flag is just cool. They're not right for me. Oh, they're not right. right Oh, they're not right for me. It's like, yeah, he's got some red flags, but he's got a little bit of what I want. So I'm going to stay because maybe I can try to change him. Or I see his potential, yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna help him up to that because he's got so much potential. He's got he really is a nice guy some of the time, you know, but he doesn't treat me right. <laughs> and it's oh, like, yeah, great. So well, what's being done, and what not just what being said uh, that that right. plays a huge role into
1: it. Actions louder than words. 100%. Yeah. No, that's for I guess I guess this kind of answers the question because the next question was like, how can someone in a relationship spot red? flags so that they can find happiness. But I guess if, mm-hmm. if you well, are truly happy with yourself, if you truly love yourself, then you'll be able to see it without blinders. But when you don't, don't love yourself, what you're saying is you won't really see it. Yeah. And well, and so also,
0: that's very true. No, that, that is very true. And also to what you were going to ask about the people in the relationships, you are never going to find a partner who is not going to trigger you. It's not sunshine and rainbows all the freaking time. You're going to have partners that trigger you. And what you do in those times of arguing is what's going to make or break Bye. the relationship. Bye. Are you are you Bye. leaning? Sure. Do
1: you mean argue? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Argue okay, or, Just...
0: or um, yeah, arguing or, like, not different points of view. Like, if you've set the groundwork of, like, hey, we're in this for the long run, like, and both people are – leaning into and not avoiding and they're Mm -hmm. staying with it instead of you know well I'm just not going to talk to you we're anytime well no because a conversation is what's going to get clarity on things right but also when you do that you have to have the courage to be possibly wrong
1: because you can either be
0: right or you can be in love and there's not one or the other love is a game of surrender I like
1: that I like that so it really comes down to communication, the relationship yeah. part. It comes down to communication. And and I, I, how can you best communicate in a relationship if you spot those, I guess, I don't know if you call them red flags, but, you know, I guess mm-hmm. arguments or things that, you know, you see as, I guess, things that aren't making you happy. Like, how can you, What what is one tip to, be, like, communicate mm-hmm. to the other yeah. person so that you can? Effectively communicate. I'm horrible with communication, obviously, as you can see. But like, how can you best communicate to the other person? If you yeah. Can't?
0: So it's it's the, use these exact words. I've literally tested this in my own personal life. <laughs> um, okay. So you're gonna say, "I know this isn't your intention." You want, first off, you want to catch. I'm assuming him at a really good time where he can give you his undivided attention. Don't say this in passing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, I, I have. There's something I really want to talk about. Awesome. Okay. Hey, so I know this isn't your intention, but I'm feeling blank. I was okay. wondering what we could do about it.
1: That opens so, up.
0: I know this isn't your intention. It instantly discards it, it, he's not going to be on guard of like, fuck, she's attacking me. I did something wrong.
1: Right. I know this
0: isn't, this probably isn't your intention, but I'm feeling like unheard. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling like you don't care about me. I'm feeling like blah, 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 blah. Now be careful with the, I'm feeling like you. Cause that then turns it around on them and does make it an attack in their subconscious. So, Hey, I'm feeling like unseen or un- undervalued when mm-hmm. your ego wants to say, you're not paying attention to me. Right. right. So it's, Hey, I'm <laughs> not feeling seen. I'm not really feeling valued. What can we do about that? And then the conversation could be open of like, well, that's not my intention. Like, I don't know. What am I, what am I doing? Right. And then maybe you could then talk about it. And then again, like I said, be okay with being wrong. Maybe it's just your old wounds showing up and you're treating him like your ex because you haven't dealt with that on a deep subconscious level. So there's that. That's all about
1: being aware and yeah. Okay. So that's all about being aware and mindful and for everybody listening, if you're in a relationship or Even just dating, I feel like this is something good to take note of. I feel like that was really valuable. Um, And you should definitely pass it along to someone you know. I know a lot of people who are in relationships and who are single, and communication is definitely a big problem. Um, And so learning how to effectively communicate can definitely make your relationship stronger or future relationships relationship stronger. And I feel like that's a really good skill to have. Um, Mm -hmm. But also with this topic comes breakups or not very good emotions or things not always mm-hmm. working on this plan because you can communicate and it just doesn't go well and it's not meant to be right so what are some of your best tips or pieces of advice for coping with heartbreak
0: yeah so I want to back up really fast and go to those arguments and just okay. say you have to approach it with non-judgmental awareness which is kind of the point of meditation and okay. yoga and spirituality yes uh, just be aware yes. aware don't judge it hey, this is what's true. This is what's showing up. This is what is. And in doing that, you release control and you take control of yourself. So, again, we're not doing love. There's nothing to win and control. But it's how you're showing up. And everything in life is a mirror. Which means you're looking at yourself, not, oh, I see something in them. That means I'm a narcissist. What the fuck, Kevin? No. I mean, like, you allowed yourself to be in that relationship. Cool, what awareness did you learn from that? What can so you we're learn? Putting it
1: we have us. We should put it on ourselves.
0: No, and you shouldn't put it on yourself. That the wording on that implies blame. You should take ownership okay. of it and say, hey, I play part in this too. Okay. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's super clear for everybody who's who's listening because I feel like this is a really relatable topic and a lot of people have been in these situations before and you know obviously with relations with relationships and so I just want to make sure it's really clear so you know I think that it's important to take ownership and understand your part in it so that you can better yourself for the future
0: yeah that's true so
1: let's talk about heartbreak then (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that's something that no one no one wants to deal with and no one wants to talk about (laughs) but how do you how do you cope with how do you cope with it Mm From the love coach.
0: Yes. So I actually have an entire program on this. And there's a whole process that I've done every time I've like, you know, let go of somebody finally, whether it was a month or a year. You know, when I actually did move on and let go and not just emotionally let go, but like I'm not bringing that baggage into the next relationship type of thing. I'm not treating that new person like my ex. I've done seven unique steps. um, And that's, again, kind of what my programs are about. But the first one is acceptance. Like, hey, you can't change the past. This is where it's at. Right. And you don't ensure. Can you hold on to hope? Maybe. But is that controlling the, the outcome? Potentially. What is it you really want? And in the midst of a heartbreak, you're going to say them or peace or whatever it is. But you can only control you. So how do you want to feel is really the outcome of that. So get getting actually just saying like, you know what, this happened. And then learning the lessons from it. Um, one of the, the next steps is actually like detaching. So we can't, it can't be like, okay, like I'm going to still talk to you every day and day. We're going to be friends now and you'll be my best friend. Um, it right. takes even, even people that are, I know personally that are extremely conscious and like have the capacity for that stuff almost can't do it. They've had to have like a, Hey, I'll talk to you in a week. Like I need some space. And so as much as it might pain you, you do have to cut off communication. If you're, if it's in that, uh, you know, if, if the, the breakup was of that nature, if it, if you're not talking great, don't, don't talk for a second. Like, and if they try to reach out, set a time limit of like a month. Cause you need time for you Mm -hmm. to heal. And guess what? At the end of that month, if you want to come back together with them, you think that's the right thing to do. And they think it is too, then Great but you do need time to work on yourself and heal and learn from this so right. so detaching then it's decluttering anything that reminds you of them get it out of get it out of your house get it out of whatever give it to a friend just to hey hold on to this for me like anything that reminds you of that person you need to mm-hmm. remove yourself from the environment because you can't heal yourself in the same environment that caused the pain so mm-hmm. it's, it's changing your environment. A lot of people do that through travel. I do that. Just like do a declutter, right? Like it's not, you're not going to like get rid of this stuff for the rest of your life. Like I hate them. It's not the point. You're just moving it out of your awareness and then you're bringing your awareness. Now the the next step is grief, like allow yourself to actually cry it out mm-hmm. because so often we avoid it and we shouldn't feel bad because Or I should have known better or we're hard on ourselves and um, we want to tough it up and stay strong. And again, doing when your heart hurts, like honor that, have integrity for yourself. Spend some time Mm -hmm. and ball out like a little freaking two-year-old and cry your face (laughs) off. Yeah. You know, even if you consciously know that it wasn't right and that you should move on, blah, 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 blah doesn't neglect the fact that your heart still hurts so respect it and love yourself enough to honor that and after that has kind of passed then it's what did i learn from this like this whole experience with this person what did i learn about myself that's going to help me moving forward so like an empowering lesson not like Oh, all men are cheaters. Like that's a disempowering (laughs) lesson to get from something, right? You want to consciously come to this and go, how did this benefit me? Because if love is everything and nothing happens, or I mean, everything happens for a reason, nothing is by an accident, then this person was brought into my life for a specific reason for me to learn something. So I can grow Mm. and expand, which is what your heart wants to do. Your head wants to protect and survive. So how did this help me? What benefit did I get from this experience? And how did I grow? What did I learn? What else is here for me to learn? What else? What else? What else? And that's when you can come to it with compassion and Mm -hmm. you'll not just emotionally detach and you can come to that person, but you'll also like subconsciously detach. So you're not bringing that baggage into a new relationship. And then um, the last thing to really do is to get extremely clear on what you want in a relationship because it it, that, that experience back. probably shifted some things for you. And you're like, okay, cool. I know I don't want that, but what do you want? You don't want to focus on what you don't want. What do you want? And then it is spending time on, like, bettering yourself. Where well, that could be, like, you know, like, spend time on you. And then the whole thing of, like, cool, second chances. Or what about dating again, in, like, right away after that. Or I don't know. Listen, I'm not – that. that's situational. And everybody's different. So you have to ask your heart and your heart will know the answer, but it is just ask yourself, is this me coming out of a needing place and trying to fill a void or am I really full and conscious and choosing to love this person? Cause I actually love their soul, not just how they make me feel.
1: Right. No, it's super Ooh. valuable. And I feel like, um, you know, although heartbreak is so, it could be traumatic. It's, it's hurtful nobody wants to go through that the way that you just ended all of that advice it really comes with a positive positive. and mm-hmm. it's I, al- I always say like in order to find the right person you have to go through all the wrong people and like that is literally <laughs> what dating is you're like you're not going to find the right person i mean maybe some people a lot of people find the right person the first person that they date but a lot of people don't and that's part of it but like you learn so much about yourself as tough as it is it's like failure and, and yeah. anything in life, like, not that that's a failure. It's, I see failure as a learning lesson. It's a step mm-hmm. in the right direction so that you can grow and, you know, live a life. I mean, in this in this case, full of love. And I think that sometimes, like you had mentioned um, before, our own unhealthy patterns stop us from finding the right person. So right. if someone is experiencing the same types of relationships, like you said before and attracting the same type of person, um, you, you mentioned it could be their own unhealthy patterns. So can you talk about unhealthy patterns and what that is? Like, what advice would you give to someone who is looking to change their unhealthy patterns for relationships? Mm-hmm.
0: That's uh, neediness, validation seeking, um, people pleasing. Yeah. All of those are the patterns they are the underlying things. And, um, they can, that all of that, by the way, can be shown in any form of addiction. Um, because we use it as a vice to escape and to feel and to try to, we're doing our best with how we know with what we have and the tools we have in our tool belt. Um, Mm. but the healing part of that is not by just doing it. It's not just do different. Just choose. You know what? I'm going to choose different this time. That type of guy, fuck boy. I'm not going to do that again. Guess what? Sally is with a fuck boy two weeks later. Because it's not, it's not just, a, again, you're, you're going against every cell in your body, quite literally when you're making a change. So let me explain if, if you, know, I think I already mentioned this. I said this a few times today, so forgive me for if I already explained this. Uh, it's been a long day already, <laughs> but, um, it's a- but uh, did I talk about like, if you were had a cocaine addiction? No. No. Okay, so if you have a cocaine addiction, that's an extreme example for a reason. If you have a cocaine addiction, the person's awareness is simply along for the ride. Your body physically is addicted to the substance. You can try to change it. You can try to choose different, but your body's in control of you, quite literally. You're not making your decisions. Your body is. Mm -hmm. And they've proven this. Actually, they've linked up, like, you know... Uh, stuff to people's brains and then they have them make a decision and they've shown that the brain fires off, makes a decision. And then the moments later, the person recognizes that they have a decision. So then the question is, is your subconscious making decisions for you? And then you think you're making a decision, but it's actually like a programmed response because of your past. And so how to break those patterns then is not just choose different, break it, like go extreme. Right. Has that worked for some people? Yes, okay. some. But for most people, it's going to the past to heal and liberate yourself from it so that you can have a different subconscious response. So those that is subconscious response that are controlling you and those those patterns of neediness, people pleasing, blah blah blah, came from your your heightened emotions in your past. So that you could call that trauma, right? And mm-hmm it was just a heightened negative emotion. Well, you can have a heightened positive emotion to the past. And that's what a lot of what I do is, is is going to those spots and rewiring it so that you can see it with compassion and see it from a new perspective and make a new conscious decision on what that meant for your life. And you literally open up all the possibilities because all the neurons in your brain are kind of like open and aware. Now it's not just that one that's been hardwired so much. And you're able mm-hmm. to consciously, with your heart and in higher intuition, make decisions as opposed to just going along for the ride and trying to do different. And so that's why, the, that's really you know, the work of the, yeah, the work of forgiveness. I mean, that's really what it is. You know, have compassion. Yeah. Because hurt people hurt people. It doesn't make it right. But I guide people through forgiveness all the time. And that's the biggest thing that makes a change because it frees you from your patterns. And then after the forgiveness, after you do that once, it's kind of like, great, well, I'm still in the pattern. And then the quote unquote test is everyday life because right when you start right. changing your life, God, love the universe, whatever you want to say, just cool. Hey, here's your old patterns. You want to do this again? <laughs> you know, your exes are going right. to pop back into your life or something. And it's kind of like right. you, you, you have to stand strong in your decisions.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. I, I, I definitely, I mean, it's really hard to do, but I definitely agree. And I feel like it all comes down to being like self-aware and set, I guess like when you're trying to make those big changes, in my opinion, I feel like it's important to like every day when you wake up, like set your intention for the day so that you're more aware of it. Um, so that you can continuously make those positive changes in your life. Yeah. And I feel like that's important. So I want to jump into the positive and what everyone wants to hear. And of course, when it comes to finding love, I think that it, you know, like we've talked about, it starts within us. But, you know, once we've fallen in love with ourselves, we've opened ourselves up to understanding vulnerability and our own unhealthy patterns. You know, now, how can we start Mm -hmm. setting healthy boundaries in relationships moving forward?
0: Yeah. So just honor and respect yourself. Walk the talk. Um, Yeah. You know, I thought that question was going to go in a different direction. It was like, how do I call in the right person? <laughs> Not how can I help well, set healthy ex- boundaries? Because that's, that's, that's still ex- focusing
1: that's on ex- the ex- Yeah, that's the next oh,
0: question. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so like calling in the right person um, then is, you know, uh, we I can't guarantee anything yeah. as a coach. You know, I even have like a, a matchmaking thing that I do and it's kind of like, hey, yeah. look, there's no guarantees. This is from my standpoint. I think that this would work. Let's see what happens. You know, right. and it's kind of like you can prepare yourself and do the work. But how I see it is that the work never stops. Even when you're in a relationship, the work actually right. accelerates. <laughs> so um, the work <laughs> never stops. And if God love the universe hasn't decided that it's your time to meet somebody right now, then you have to kind of like take ownership of that and be in your own lane. And there's something to be said, too about like detachment from the outcome. Cause if you're just constantly worried looking for the one, you're always looking for the one. I love myself so much and I'm always looking for the one. It's gonna fleet, it's gonna be fleeting. There's a story of um, a little girl who wanted a bunny. It was her life dream to have a bunny. And she finally got a bunny for Christmas one year and and her parents went and drove her to Petco or wherever and they got the bunny and there's this big white fluffy bunny. And she held it so tight in the back seat, she was just snuggling on it the whole ride home. And when they got home, the bunny died because she held on to it too tight.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sometimes, with what we want, if we obsess about it so much, I gotta have it, it keeps fleeting and it keeps running. Mm-hmm. And so, it's like, yeah, that's where I'm headed. And guess what? I'm gonna focus on the next step and the next step and the next step. And if I don't get it in my time, cool. That means I got something else to learn and I'm going to do everything that I can to prepare myself for that person now, because it's not just about having standards for the person that comes into your life. It's about having standards for you. Are you the right person for them? Are you, how, if you have high standards in your love life, are you matching those high standards for yourself? Are you showing up as that and the right one for you? You know what I mean? So it's doing the work on you and just becoming more of the real version of you, and then you'll then meet that person in the right time. And it's trust, and that's really you know the work of calling them in is just. I, I believe that, God love the universe, puts people in front of us, and it may not be the one. It they it might be their best friend, who's of the opposite gender. <laughs> okay, right. But like, God love and the universe puts people in front of us every day. The person that's your Uber driver, the person that you're walking across the street and that, you know, you share an eye contact or the person that's on the elevator. And it's up to us to open our mouths. True. If we're not interacting with the world around us because we're so all in our head and self-loving and self-absorbed,
1: what's the point? Right. That's true. That's very, very true. And that's a really good way of looking at it also. Um, I feel like that's really important. And so, uh, my last question for you is: How do you maintain a long-term healthy relationship Mm. after you've, you know, said something? I'm also going back to what you just said. I am a believer that like everybody's put their life for a reason, whether they're meant Uh to be, you know, your soulmate or Uh just someone who's along your path to lead you to the next place. But I think that's a really, really good point too. But now, once you've found you know the person how do you maintain that relationship what mm-hmm. tips would you
0: give to someone i've interviewed a lot of people who've been married you know 35 plus years and it still seems like they're on their honeymoon because i'm like how does this That's happen off. <laughs> i need to know
1: and <laughs> yeah. um
0: all yeah. of them have said something to the extent of number one you're a team so act like it number 2 mm-hmm is never stop learning or something to, I would say like never stop working on yourself, not just the relationship. It's not like, cool, we're a boyfriend, girlfriend. So that means I I don't have any more learning to do about myself and my own awareness and my own healing. Well, no, right? Like you have to keep growing growing and grow together and you're a team. So remember that. And then the last one is have fun because so often we put all these like so much stress And pressure, because I don't want you to hurt me because I've been hurt before. Like, you got to do that healing so you can have fun with them. And in another way of saying that, and something that one of the couples told me was like, we have more rules nowadays for our partner than we do our best friend. Yeah. Our best friend can slide from anything and guess what? We still have a fucking blast with them. You know, our best friend could ghost us. Our best friend could chew us out. Our best friend could choose a different friend group and we'll forgive them easily because they're our best friend.
1: Right. But when
0: it's with a partner, oh, no, right. I'm done. Oh, it's too rigid because we have more well, love. Part, on, it should ironically. be your best friend. Exactly. But it's, you know, it's, it's a metaphor like, to say, like, we, we yeah. give more unconditional love to our friends than we do our lovers because That's it's not, it shouldn't be based on a contract. It shouldn't be based on rules and regulations and you do this, then I'll do this. It means, hey, I love your fucking ghost. That's
1: how people look at it. <laughs> yeah. I know.
0: And the more that you look at it as Crazy. that, then you're just you you're viewing love as transactional.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is very eye opening. I, I think I've said this is interesting like a hundred times throughout this episode, but I feel like a lot of the <laughs> things that you're saying, it, it is that, that tough love and that, that you said it in the very beginning. And it's just there, if you're being very real and honest about, you know, these topics and it, you're kind of saying it as it is and, and it's true and it's, and you're right. And, and so I actually asked some people um, what questions they wanted me to ask you. So I'm just going to end this with two questions. Um, cool. One, because you brought it up already. What do you do when someone goes to you? Because that's like a big thing now for mm-hmm. the single people out there. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like this just happens all the time and it goes back to communication in my opinion. But what do you, what do you do? I know what I would do, which is just like ignore it. But <laughs> what do you, what does someone do who's hung up on someone and then they ghost them?
0: Um, number one, it's not personal, so stop taking it so personally. Yeah. It's their own shit, and you gotta realize that. Uh, number two, you know, if they're not gonna be strong enough, quote unquote, and courageous enough to have a tough conversation with you. And that says a lot about who they are as a person. And would you want to be with somebody who avoids tough conversations? No, probably not. So, great, they're doing you a favor. And it's seeing it as that. And instead of, oh, what did I do wrong? Oh, my God, I love, but we had a great time. Like, if you reach out and they're just straight up ghosting you, that that says a lot about somebody's character. And it's probably them showing some of their wounds, honestly. Right. You don't want to ever be, you don't ever want to be treated that way. You don't want to ever just be ignored. You don't want to be kind of like tossed to the side and not held even just right. for sake of understanding, but rejection breeds obsession. So it, you're going to get obsessed. Know that that's kind of going to happen on a chemical level. Um, but you do have to bring that awareness to it and be like, cool. You know what? That's our own thing.
1: Right. Totally. Okay. So then last question is easy way to pick. Easy ways to pick up uh, on if someone is lying.
0: Hmm. Your intuition. You have to be so in line with... You have to have a clear mind. And you have to be really in tune with your intuition. Because your gut is always right. Right. So it's not about externally looking at signs and... I, you know, I'm not going to give you a magic formula for if this, this, this happens, that means he's lying. Like, you're just gonna know, but you have to be that in tune with yourself. Again, all of everything that I talked about today was, Hey, what do I need? Well, how can I work on me? That's right. radical ownership. The right relationship is not 50 50. The right relationship is both people showing up as hundred, 100, and they're taking radical ownership of the, of the, the relationship together right that's what makes it work
1: well i think this has been great advice and this has been really awesome kevin and you are really fun you're you have such good energy and i really appreciate you being here this has been really insightful so i hope that everybody listening took a lot of notes and um but before we go can you let everybody know where they can find you um i'm going to link everything in the podcast notes but for those who don't look at the podcast notes it'll be helpful (laughs) for you to just share it now
0: (laughs) Yes, at Kev Crenshaw, K-E-V-C-R-E-N-S-H-A-W on Instagram. My website's currently under construction, so everything's right there right now.
1: Okay, that's super easy. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was so valuable, and I can't wait for this to help lots of people out there.
0: Yes, thank you.